It's great to see you guys. It's so good to oh, see you. It's nice to see you. I, you look great. Thanks. You look great too. Josh, you look very handsome as well. Uh, thank you. You're very pretty. <laughs> it's good to see you guys. It's been a long time. It's been long overdue yeah. and I felt it touches a lot on the topic at hand, which we'll get into later, but it's been too long for sure. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't, don't want to get too emotional, but <laughs> a, lot of, a lot on the go on my end. I told Josh, I, my dad's 60th birthday is coming up, so I recorded some things for his video written for him, and I started crying yesterday in the middle of pre-recording a two-minute bed, and I'm almost choking up now just seeing you guys, so it's just really nice to see you guys. Aww. I hope to be a recurring guest. I, I love this idea and concept. I've been following you guys a lot. For sure. Yeah. It's been tough for me to... I know I've been a pain in the ass trying to get on with you guys. It's just a lot going on and I'm already such a, a flake to a certain degree. I, I like to have my own things I've got going on outside of work and I got my wedding and my dad's birthday planning. And then I like my own alone time and time with Elsa. So. A wedding. Can you go back to this part where you said you, you have a wedding coming up? Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. we're. No, you just slipped that I in. Never there with it. I, I think we were just messaging on Facebook. I told Josh. So, Mm. Uh, July 10th, Elsa Krakenitis. Wow. I don't know if you remember her. I do, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we ended up dating three years ago-ish, and yeah. uh, we got engaged last February. I didn't really, we didn't put it on Facebook or Instagram or that. We like to kind of, the important stuff, kind of keep it to ourselves, and people are still congratulating me on being engaged when they see a picture of her ring or something in a picture. And Dude, congratulations. Mazel so yeah, July, congrats. And, and hopefully soon after that, we'll start having family we'll see wow oh that's awesome can i interrupt you for one second um do you have so it's okay right now but do you have another like a microphone or it's not clear i can we can hear you but if you have like a nicer microphone just in case you're fine it's just i think it's echoing because you probably have like hard uh like i'm in a cement office yeah that's exactly yeah give me a sec let me go upstairs i'm gonna get disconnected so bear with me okay but I, I don't know what you're talking about. Ben's not a dick at all. He seems super nice. I didn't say anything. Josh has a really <laughs> mean sense of humor sometimes. No, you can, you can't hear us. Can you hear us? Forgot to turn it on. Oh, okay. All right. Way better. Your voice is like a million times clearer. So yeah, much, much better. It was yeah. worth it for the clarity. It's for worth sure. it. Thank you for doing all that. It'll be. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. it's fine. That's awesome. I got this for my PlayStation 5. Ooh, I got a PlayStation 5. Elsa spent too much money on me for Hanukkah on it. Aw. That's nice. I like the background because it. I do feel now like you're more the Ben that I remember. You had like you were very like official professional hockey. Ben before. Now you've got like a hockey jersey behind you. You've I'm got trying like, to give you know a little fake picture yeah. of what I've become. You know, <laughs> I was telling Josh I was kind of I should have done it a year ago when COVID kind of really took off in a negative way. But I I started watching a lot of Twitch streamers and then I figured, you know, I might as well give it a shot. Mm. And I didn't know how easy it was with the PlayStation 5. It's a lot faster than the PS4 and you can click one button and you're right off onto Twitch and streaming right away. And then I got a brand new headset and I went and got a webcam for the PlayStation. You're all set up for it. Yeah. I started streaming, but then like the weather got good and I haven't played a video game in a month and a half. uh, Yeah. Before COVID, I was listening to Spit and Chicklets. They're hockey, hockey guys. Mm-hmm. They're a lot of fun. Other than that, Joe Rogan, and that's pretty much it for me. And other than tuning into you guys every now and then, I haven't seen or oh, heard yeah? them all. But yeah, it's awesome. I, I love the concept. Uh-huh. I love the pictures and the circles. And <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> well, cool. we'll get into this when Aya welcomes everybody. But this is episode twenty-five, so you're actually our final 
this is the final episode before we do a, like a little break. You're our season finale. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it just works out that That's way. Awesome. No pressure. No pressure. We need but... to try and get. I don't know how if you guys have done it in the past, but we should. I mean, reunions. Yeah. Physically, yeah. with where everyone lives is tough, but maybe we can try and get everybody on here. Eventually. That'll be awesome. We've talked that about, be awesome. about how yeah. we could do that. Yeah. Well, let me know mm-hmm. how I can help if I can reach out to anybody. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I think, yeah, we were planning to kind of go through the class and then maybe we should get everyone kind of together soon. So let me get my PlayStation yeah. 5 out of the background. There. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God forbid we see the PlayStation 5. Everyone gets jealous. It's all good. Is that like a helmet? The Master Chief helmet. Some oh. real nerdy stuff right nice. there. Josh might know. <laughs> ben, you know what I just bought? I bought the uh, Oculus Quest 2. Do you know what that is? It's the virtual headset, right? Yeah. The new virtual reality one. It's like a Facebook thing. Have you run off a ledge or your balcony yet? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> it's it's like I feel like a kid again. I'm playing oh, virtual reality. Those are so awesome. Yeah. I got one for a Samsung like three, two, three years ago. Right, the phone one. And I got a controller for it and everything. And I was playing Minecraft and virtual reality is nuts, but it can make you sick after a few minutes. It can give you motion sickness, some of them, if you uh Yeah. Yeah, you have to get used to it. But the Oculus the Oculus is supposed to be next level. Is it great? What games have you been playing? It's great. You know, yeah, Beat Saber. You've played that one before. That's with like the drum or guitar hero, but it's with kind of like a yeah, it's a rhythm game with lightsabers, and there's a like a Darth Vader game where you can use lightsabers as well. Nice. Uh, <laughs> all kinds of fun stuff. Unleash some stress on the as a, as Darth Vader, eh? It's actually pretty good, like exercise. You're actually moving around. Oh, for sure. It's kind of like Wii, like uh, Nintendo exactly, Wii. but way better. Yeah, <laughs> I like your bedroom, by the way. Very nice colors. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Couch. I like the floral couch. I didn't yeah. choose any of this. I want to point Very this out. Nice. This is where I live. I, so Ben, I live in this old Victorian mansion. You told me it's awesome. Right. Yeah. So I don't have any. It was already furnished. The painting too. The painting too. I didn't put. That's not. Oh. That's not me. I've I've been thinking this entire time that you Josh likes that that painting of the three women just sitting. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It's fine. Leaves a bit to the imagination. It does. Is there any secret hallways in there? Yeah, there actually uh, some. There's some stuff. There's some secret areas. Is it too secret to share? It definitely stirs the imagination. You got out of the hospital, okay? Didn't lose any fingers or grow any new ones? Uh, As I I think I mentioned before, just some telekinesis uh Mm -hmm. uh, clinical study so other than that i'm fine (laughs) but you made your money i made some money i I, I put it right towards the virtual reality (laughs) okay (laughs) well that and i I shot a movie i I put it towards the movie that i just shot i wonder if you could film or do something with the oculus i remember i would download movies in 3d and i'd be able to watch them on my uh gear vr like i'd sit back in bed and put it on i'd be able to watch yeah like a huge movie screen it looks like but it's a little tiny no actually you can sit in a virtual movie theater you could be in like the moon and be watching it like exactly the one you had i think if it's the gear vr it's like it was Mm -hmm. a phone uh Mm -hmm. phone vr which means yeah i think those ones they're cool but you can't like walk around you can just look around yeah whereas these ones you can walk around in them it has six degrees of movement nice it's kind of crazy cool anyways this is the oculus uh vr podcast uh <laughs> sponsored by sponsored by Josh's facebook couch sponsored by facebook <laughs> shall i introduce us go for it ready to go all right sure 
Welcome back to Adulthood Friends. This is the discussion-based podcast where former childhood acquaintances, now friends, discuss the things that uh, adverb. I, I never paid attention to English class. I don't know what an adverb is. Any word that ends in an L-Y. Yeah, L-Y <laughs> Incredibly. Incredibly? Incredibly. Incredibly. Ah, incredibly. The things that incredibly matter. They don't have to make any sense. It's okay. Good. Because most of the time they do not. So that's your <laughs> adverb of the week. Incredibly. So I'm Aya. Oh, I'm Josh. And today we have a very special guest, um, someone from our childhood, again, as we do, Ben Lawrence Farhi. It's super nice to see you, Ben. Very nice to be talking to you guys and seeing you guys again, especially after the tough two years. And uh, yeah. I wish we could have done it more often. And yeah. even before COVID, kind of everyone's using COVID as an excuse now, but uh, it's nice to be on. Thanks for having me. And yeah. I hope I can be on more often. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, and this is episode 25, actually. So you're here for our season finale. And um, <laughs> today we're talking about self-care. Self-care. I hope I don't let you guys down. Well, don't let it intimidate you. It's fine. Don't worry about <laughs> I, it. I just want to have some fun. And if you've listened to us, our main goal is to have fun. And that's generally what we do. So that's what it's all about. Exactly. So we're going to, in terms of self-care, we're looking at how do we take care of ourselves and how have our self-care practices changed as we've gotten older. So, you know, we're talking about the pandemic, the kinds of challenges that we go through as adults. How does that change how we help ourselves or take care of ourselves? And yeah, that's about it. Should we get into it? Let's get into it. back i wanted to just quickly you introduced me as an old childhood friend yeah and i remember growing up i was born in london growing up in st thomas and a little bit in roslyn lake and when i moved out of st thomas to come to london i don't really remember but i've been told it was a fluke to end up in your guys's grade really grew up with you guys for 12 yeah. 12 years and then if you count university another another four or five depending how many years you were in university for but um yeah, I guess the LCHDS, it was between my age group or your age group. And you you guys had the largest class with 11 guys, 11 people. I think we had an even six and six, right? Yeah, yeah for most yeah. of the time, yeah. Or it was to be with my age group and be with two boys, or maybe three boys and maybe two or three girls or something, I think. Oh, was that the difference then? I think my family wanted just me to be with more people, which mm. is kind of fits in the self-care, but yeah. I think it allowed me a little bit more of a normal, not normal, not that anything's wrong with being in a small class, but. I mean, it was small anyway. We were just the biggest of the small classes. We were the, yeah. we, were, we were a record, weren't we? With 12 yeah. people. Yeah. Record 12 people in a class. Yeah. Other people are like, what are you talking about? What kind of school is this? I know. <laughs> Those were the days though. I have a lot of vivid memories of the LCHDS and Josh and I were talking a couple of weeks ago and yeah. I don't remember much of high school. But uh, very fun and vivid memories and ah, some some bad ones that bring up <laughs> uh, some negative memories. But uh, you were the youngest guy in the class, right? I was I'm a January 1090 and you guys are all 89. Right. We're all January's. Though. Yeah, we are. You and I are the two people over a year older than me. I right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, you were right on the border between the two classes. So I never knew why yeah. you actually like, you know, you never know why someone would pick one over the other. But it's cool that it was. You know, because we we're such a huge class. So huge, Which yeah. is still hilarious because <laughs> there were like 10 of My us. My dad yeah. jokes he wanted me to just 
get to the family business sooner. Oh, <laughs> I don't think he put much value or respect on, uh, you know, nap time in senior kindergarten, but I never got right. a, I never got a second kindergarten year. So, right. But I wouldn't change it for the world. So. Do you ever feel like you really missed out? Yeah. <laughs> that nap time. Yeah. I think later on, I just in, uh, it kind of falls into self-care. I don't want to go too off topic, but okay. later on down the road, I mean, in high school, I get onto the bus first day and I'm like 115 pounds. Like hmm. it caught up later on when I was a little bit underdeveloped teenager. I think I was 12 or 13 going into grade nine with what is it, grade 13s. Like the last year of grade 13 in Ontario was the first year for our grade nine. So right. we had OAC, they call it. Yeah. We had, yeah. we had like 18 year olds, 17, 18 year olds that yeah. were like 260 pounds Giants. on my bus. Yeah. I'm like 110 pounds, like so scared and intimidated. And I'm already kind of an anxious kid. I was always biting my nails and stuff, which I wanted to cover later, but uh, oh, that's interesting. Really, that caught up that. to me. And then, and then first year university, same thing. I'm, I'm like 140 pounds at this point in first year going to university with 25 year olds. And it's like, what am I doing here? I'm 17. Like yeah. didn't feel like I belonged. I think physically, I think like mentally, you know, psychologically, I think. So I, I took an extra year to get through university. I took my time first year. Anyway, mm. I wanted to kind of talk about that. because No, that's actually perfect. Introduced to me as LCHDS. So. No, that's... that's usually what we do. Like we want to actually, if it's okay, like we want to start by kind of going backwards a little bit, kind of seeing yeah. how we all got to know each other. So you brought it up already, but like you came, so you came in, I think in grade one, right? Yep. First grade. So I missed you guys in kindergarten. You guys kind of knew each other already, but you guys are all welcoming. It sounded like it was. Oh yeah, we were so we were real tight from kindergarten, you know. We were. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we didn't. <laughs> we went I think way we back. had a few. We had a few people come in in grade in grade one, right? Yeah. There were a few different additions. Yeah, I think was it Will? Will. Yeah, Michael. Who else? Mike, maybe. Simone for sure. I remember she Michael, came like Simone. partway through grade one. Yeah, yeah. My saving grace, and it was the same in high school. I didn't get to show up much in university, but my saving grace was. Uh, either recess or gym class, I was pretty athletic. And I remember specifically your older brother, Elon, I in recess oh, yeah. very, yeah. very early into grade one, grade two. I remember I'd go and sneak onto the soccer field where only the grade five and ups play. Yeah, They kind of let me play with them. And Elon was always picking me and taking me under his wing. I remember that very vividly. Oh, that's so nice. So I think high school too, I was, no one knew me or you guys, not like, I'm sure you guys felt the same experience you go into a high school with what 1200 kids or whatever we had in lucas yeah 1400 we had like five people from our school go to <laughs> lucas maybe six yeah. and i was a year ahead so all my hockey buddies were in grade eight still mm. like i knew a couple girls from like you know summer parties with my hockey friends but i didn't fit in until gym class where i could show off you know some athleticism and mm. I was very anxious and shy in real classes and I never paid attention in school much but mm. I was lucky enough to uh use sports kind of to get over yeah some anxiety and fit in so it's so interesting that you define yourself as anxious because I never I remember you being shy and quiet but I never would have thought that you were anxious Same, I never yeah. would have known that or I don't remember you biting your nails like that for some reason that oh, wasn't in my I still do to this my day. image oh yeah Oh, down to the something... down to the blood. There. Oh. It's like an internal thing, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. You don't notice it. And um, I think COVID helped, not just COVID, but the last few years. And I kind of painted a map of how I wanted to get into it all. But 
self-care to me, I mean, just, you know, off the top of my head, you can define it in four, four circles. So you have self-care in the middle, you have physical, emotional, psychological, spiritual. I think the last three can kind of fit into one somehow, but I think spiritually and emotionally and physically overlapping, I've been able to have the ability to kind of take a pause and look back. And over the last few years, I mean, I work next to my dad every day for eight hours. And as I get older, I start to kind of acknowledge things and perceive things and observe things in a different way. I think it comes with maturity, but I think I've been able to self-actualize and realize that I was an anxious kid growing up. And I don't know exactly what the root cause is. I mean, I, I had a lucky upbringing to have, you know, two great parents. One was just a little bit louder than most and uh, maybe scared, <laughs> scared me and my sister at times, just how loud he is. But we never wanted to fail growing up and we never wanted to let them down. And the age thing, I've always, for better or for worse, given too much almost, if it's possible, too much respect to people older than me, no matter if they're 10 days older or 10 years older. I've always been intimidated by age and always thought they must know more than me and that's interesting we don't so, please I mean, don't being be around don't respect us please yeah we don't know anything so i'm always biting my nails and stuff because i don't feel like <laughs> oh. i'm fitting in maybe and it was yeah. always in the back of my head self-consciously yeah. i think it was you know was being the youngest guy in the class like do you think that contributed to that i think a little bit i i mean i was with a new kid too i know a couple of others were new and I don't think I was ever the best student, you know, getting picked on in class with 12 kids, you can't hide. <laughs> so, you know, not being prepared for homework or whatever. But I think, like I said, just knowing you guys are all older than me, even if it was a few weeks, you guys were a year older, but I've always, that's been a weakness of mine, I would say, not a weakness. It's just, I've always overly respected age and it's uh, led to me kind of being quiet around people older than me. I always give them the benefit of the doubt that they must know more than me. I think only in the last couple of years, I've kind of slowly overcome that, but oh. I don't know exactly why, but um, you're already kind of getting into this a little bit, but like what we like to, what we found is kind of interesting to do kind of near the start here is to, you know, take a step back into the past and kind of see mm -hmm. how did we, perceive each other when we were kids yeah sure ourselves but also how we perceived each other i was wondering if you're interested in like kind of taking a look back like that and, oh, and traveling back in that. time yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you don't have to go for we've, we've asked this before and then it's like oh shit like i wasn't ready for yeah, that so uh <laughs> no i can i can go for it i don't want to upset it you guys or say the wrong you're thing I'm gonna no, try no 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 just <laughs> We should go oh, over what nice has been said about Josh already because you don't have There's to be nice at all. Of, yeah, everybody's been told. <laughs> and about me. I mean, we're all. No, no, no. We're, <laughs> nothing bad. But I just, I do remember, I mean. Go for it. You guys, you guys start. Tell me where I can go with that. Well, I just want to set you at ease. I do remember something that Dan said. I'm sorry, Josh. It's just going to be about you. I know. But I remember that he said that you were super annoying or something like that, right? Yeah. So he, he was like, Josh, oh, he's like. Start he from anywhere. Annoying. Josh is self-aware. It was pointed out that I was. <laughs> kind of a mean kid like I wasn't the nicest most of the time so like it's about being honest you know it's bringing back some memories now right? I wasn't gonna mention those things but it's <laughs> actually <laughs> starting to bring back memories Good. He's like oh yeah what no, am I doing here let me start oh, yeah, with the oldest me. oldest in the class would be Aya yeah your mom was like a pretty powerful lady at the school yeah I think off the top of my head you were super smart you were always Thanks. doing your homework. I think your mom never probably 
let you not That's do your homework. Correct. She was always on top of you, I have to assume. Yeah. And you're always prepared every day. You're very smart. Simone's probably the only one I would say, and, and Will later on. You guys are top three of the class for sure. You were through hard work, always, always prepared. Simone was just like, she was just brilliant no matter what. Yeah. I remember she would always finish something in like five She's seconds. She's like a and scientist. Like, How? Was, yeah. But I mean, she was like Amanda was also, yeah, but. Yeah. Amanda too. Yeah. Amanda, but she worked hard too. She was always right. doing her work. I remember. Yeah. Simone probably is just like a genius. Yeah. But I remember now that you say it a little bit, I wouldn't say uh, mean, I would just say you were always down to business. You were always focused and <laughs> I wouldn't like people would say maybe a little cold at times, but you were just, you had your mom looking over your shoulder all the time. So you had to be on your A game scholastically every day. I I'd say. Yeah, thanks. Well, that's a nice, I like that you gave me like an out. You used to do all these games in recess. I remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Remember that yeah. origami? I remember the origami. But Josh, oh. I, I know a lot of people thought you were annoying. I always looked up to you. You were always so kind to everyone. Uh, maybe a little misunderstood. I think oh. you oh, were man. a lot more mature every, I think, than a lot of people our age because you were more in touch with your emotions than anybody. And you weren't afraid to show it. Uh, you were always writing plays and poems and songs. I remember some, uh, you were never scared. You're never scared to fail. I think a lot of kids were, and you weren't. And that's a problem with our society is kids. There's just a lot of bullying when it comes to some kids just think it's, uh, I remember gay was a word that we used to use. And you were the first one to say, gay's not, I don't take offense to that. Gay means happy. So okay oh, i remember that uh, yeah, remember, yeah yeah so yeah I, th I think you were just misinterpreted i remember in high school oh, so nice. i remember in high school you had a tough time a little bit too and i tried to be around when, when i could and uh it wasn't easy I, I know for our group as well it's like we touched on it earlier there's only five or six of us going to a huge school like that and it was easy to uh get lost in that school especially in grade nine but uh oh, those are my memories and i think I talk about it a little bit with Elsa because she's about to get her master's in counseling psychology. And That's awesome. We just talk about people we know or family or whatever. And it's very easy. My brother's 15. He's grade 10 in Lucas. So we talked to him and he was talking to me about a friend of his in Matthews Hall who's kind of socially awkward. And uh, I said, you need to always be there for him. You, you might not recognize it now, but later on in life, you're going to be happy that you stayed connected with him and that he's going to be very appreciative that you are always there for him when no one else was. And he's probably going to end up being a CEO right now. He's <laughs> kind of like not a popular kid and people make fun of him, but those are the kids that have a chip on their shoulder for years until they're everybody's bosses. You know, it's nothing holding against the cool kids, but there's more important things than being too scared to fail and being yourself, Josh, that was one thing you were always yourself. So very sweet of you, man. That's a wonderful way of putting it. That's the nicest yeah, the nicest thing anyone said, said to me. Josh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you were very annoying too, actually. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I always looked up to you guys. I know you and I, Josh, you know, sometimes I would, you know, I got into it a little bit with everybody at certain points. I had my own things going on in the background, you know, family dynamics and stuff kind of showing on, on the face of things in school. I almost got suspended a couple of times, I think, at the end for lashing out, you know, when we're kind of going through our puberty and stuff and trying to find our way. But at the end of the day, I always looked up to you guys. So 
Oh, ben. It's that age thing That's again. Nice. Just by default, I was looking up yeah. to you. Okay, it's nothing to do with your <laughs> it's nothing personal. leadership it's just... abilities. So. <laughs> but ben, it's interesting because, like, looking back, the age thing to me didn't factor in at all. Like, when it came to people within our class, I didn't, I never saw it like, oh, this guy's younger than me, look down on him or something. I always thought, mm-hmm. uh, in fact, I would say that I actually looked up to you as well. I and I were actually just talking about this. We were like, yeah, Ben was like, you were like one of the coolest kids in the class. You were quieter, but you were also kind of like, <laughs> forgive my like words, but you were like the pretty boy of the class. Like you were the, you were the, the uh, LCHDS. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a, weird, it's a weird, I was like weird. 90 pounds. Okay. <laughs> no, you were like Keep the cool, going. you know what I mean? Like you were the, you were the hockey player. And I think early on you were one of the first to get like attention from girls. You were like, uh, you know, you were cool. Hmm. And that's, you know, as another dude in the class, that's something, you know, we looked up to as well. And you were, you were generally uh, pretty friendly. And I'm trying to like, it, it's weird. I was telling Aya this earlier too. Like, I don't, my memory is actually weirdly bad for like specific instances of LCHDS. I just kind of like remember like feelings and auras of like people and stuff. And auras? Like first, did you just use the word auras? I didn't I'm use so the word sorry. No, no, I didn't. I didn't mean to Did you not? That. Like, have you been in LA for too long? With I've been in LA too long. I hate people who use the word aura. Uh, <laughs> I've become sorry. one of them. Uh, what's your sign, Aya? Uh, I got it. I'm kidding. No, you were, you were one of the coolest, uh, Ben. And uh, again, you were super athletic, like you said. Again, there were just like six guys like in the class, right? So we all got, I guess, pretty close. I remember going to Washington together. Mm-hmm. They had a great time there. But I do remember more, you kind of brought it up a little bit in high school when you mentioned I got picked on, I got picked on like kind of throughout elementary school, but also high school. But mm-hmm. I do remember certain points where like you kind of like stood up for me when some stuff was going on. I remember that and I appreciated that a lot. You know, you're always kind of that person who is, uh, I, think you had a, I think you had a strong sense of uh, kind of like loyalty. Mm-hmm. about you so i don't want to <laughs> it's yeah. okay i think josh was tearing up earlier this is very lovely no one no one had to know that aya that was i'm so was sorry not visual i'm sorry oh you can always <laughs> cut that okay but i think it's i it's i mean it's, it's so nice i think like we all had kind of a big a big part of each other's childhoods whether we realize they're not you know seeing the same same people every day and kind of building our identities around each other and then you know to meet up again as adults and just kind of see where we actually were at that entire time it's it is it's it's moving and it's nice that you guys were like to see that like ben was standing up for, for josh and the, a little bit and that you know you guys look up to each other i don't know it's all very lovely it's just one of those things kind of funny I don't know. It's like you look at some of those movies, the you know the, the the high school movies or whatever. There's always somebody looking up to somebody. Or as a kid, in the moment, you're not mature enough to. I tried to be eventually, but it, like you guys are surprised. I was anxious. I was just always looking up to other people, and I was never thinking of who might be looking up to me. I especially didn't think anyone in our grade, you know, thought like that. I I always tried to lead younger kids for sure kind of opposite of what josh said he said he he doesn't allow age but uh, later on in life i think especially through hockey i think i learned a lot of skills through my hockey uh, being a captain at a young age and all my teammates would kind of come to me 
on the ice, off the ice, try and ask me questions and I'd always, or, you know, if they had concerns or whatever, and I'd try to be there for them. So I think I, later on in the LCHDS, I took a lot of care of a lot of the younger kids and I'd try and police recess and just make Uh sure nobody was picking on anybody and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah. You had some real heart in you really early on, you know, real, not just, uh, we're talking about self-care, but you cared a lot about other people. It comes from my mom. My mom's always been like that. She's always been. I remember that, by the way. I remember your a care, you know, a caregiver for everyone in her family. She's always the first one to go and console people who have hard times and stuff. And my dad's kind of the polar opposite, not to hold it against him, but he's so ambitious and has built such an incredible business. But I try to balance myself a little bit. I'd say I'm a little bit balanced more towards my mom and how she brought me up in a big family and a lot of cousins and her and her family. And she's just always there for her aunts and uncles and always there to be the one that everyone calls if something's going on. She's kind of the one coordinating, you know, the good and the bad, the reunions and the deaths in the family and kind of consoling everybody. So I remember her. I don't mean to be too scattered, but no, no, yeah. no. It's, no, it's no. One, one of the other things actually that I, I recall, I mean, it's still a thing, but I think more than many other people in the class, uh, we had a good, we had a sense of you, like, and your, your parents, mm-hmm. you know, we had a sense of, I remember, well, maybe I uh, actually even has a better memory of it, but I mean, I, I remember your mom was always out. Well, not always, but anytime we had like a field trip or something or something where the parents were kind of invited to help your mom was like always there. She was just, mm-hmm. so I remember your mom. Well, whereas, you know, I don't necessarily remember a lot of the other, <laughs> and you always seemed more like your mom. So I, it's interesting that you say that too. I mean, I don't know, but but you had like kind of that, yeah, she was like a very nurturing, nice lady. Like she was always just super nice. So yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if that goes along with what you were saying. Very down to earth and salt of the earth. Kind yeah, of. like a lovely woman. Ben, I also, we brought it up on the previous, it's funny because you haven't been on yet, but we've talked about you like a couple times at least. <laughs> Sorry, I haven't ben. heard those parts. No, <laughs> not, in a, not in a bad way or anything. Like when we talked Nothing to Daniel. Bad, yeah. You know, for example, we brought up the Gus Macker oh, game. Yeah. You remember, you remember Daniel that? Botner. Yeah. Daniel Botner, yeah. And I mean, I told the story at that time, but basically it was just this crazy thing where we all did not expect to do all that well. And pretty good. we got third place. We ended up yeah. winning this third place in the street ball tournament. I mean, it kind of ended up being like we like passed the ball to Daniel and he would score. Yeah, he, he's like, <laughs> uh, he was the most technical basketball player ever. Yeah. He, he was awesome. But I rem- one of the memories that had come up was that, I don't know if you recall, we had this one game where the ref was giving our points to the other team. I don't know if you remember this. Maybe vaguely now that you say it. Yeah, it was, it, well, it would have been way worse. Thankfully, we did end up winning that game, but they were giving it and it ended up being a tie. So, of course, we had to go into sudden death, but prior to that, your dad got so angry oh, <laughs> i just remember so your dad stories. went off at the ref mm-hmm. i just remember that we were all like very frustrated because we were very aware that those were our points being given to the other team but anyway we won in sudden death thank god yes. but yeah we just i remember you like maybe it was just me but we used to say that like you know pierce's dad owned half of the city and ben's dad owned the other half <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like we always uh, were aware of you too is like kind of Maybe it's not right to have done this, but I, I looked at you as like a powerful person because you came from, you know, a powerful family in that sense. I think even to this day, I still think of when I think of Ben, Ben Farhi, you know, I think of like, 
also a sense of like power, like someone who's kind of up there. Mm-hmm. And again, rightly or wrongly, again, that's just kind of the sense that we get. So it's interesting when you say things like, oh, you had anxiety. Oh, yeah. It like doesn't mesh with the view of you as this chill, cool dude. You know, the university years and post-university, I guess we can start talking. Like you mentioned, you, you kind of threw just my name alone. It's been hard to, you know, see who, you know, wants to be my friend for me and who wants to be my friend for my name and oh. who even gives a shit and, you know, stuff like that. And I think I've been lucky enough. And one of my big regrets is not being able to, to have been in contact and stay connected with you guys. But my best friends to this day are from high school. I could have fit in. I, I, I don't want to brag or anything, but I talked about it with my brother the other day, actually. I don't know if I was preparing subconsciously for this, but I could have fit in with anyone eventually in high school. I sat at the cool kids' tables, play poker, I'd sit with the jocks, I, sh- I could sit with the girls, I could sit. I knew everyone upstairs in the library hiding there by name. I knew the kids in the stairwell by name. I knew, you know, the kids in the smoking pit by name. I, I knew everybody. But I always stayed loyal, like you said, to first of all family, but second of all my my best friends. A lot of them were hockey, but we had my hockey friends and I. We kind of would fall out eventually when we discovered girls. But uh, <laughs> I think later after high school, when I started going out, you know, I never partied. I never did anything in high school. I had a girlfriend. We didn't really party. We had get-togethers at my mom's house, kind of, and she'd come down and you know drink with us or whatever. But uh, yeah. it's a whole nother story. <laughs> I think later on. Going to the bars and kind of, I just don't know. I, I want to say my dad would always get mad at me when I let my hair out, my beard grow eventually as I would work with him. But that was kind of like a way for me to hide who I was. Not that I was ashamed, but I think subconsciously a part of me was trying to camouflage my name. Right. You know, when I would go out and party and drink and, and meet people out. My friends would eventually, you know, tell people like that's Ben Fari, like, and then you know, girls would start coming around. That's Shmuel Fari's son, kind of. And you know, girls would start coming to our table, and guys would want to meet me and stuff. But I'd walk into bars, and I would have long hair and a big beard, and I was unruly and unkept. And I think subconsciously, I just wanted to be myself. And people would finally, eventually, you know, people would get to know me, and I get to know them, and they would. I think a lot of my best friends to this day would say like, you wouldn't know that you're, you know, fari with how you carry yourself and you don't talk about yourself. And I think, again, I'd get it from my mom and um, I just want people to like me for me and not my name. You know, I don't want the false friends and the fake life and to have to be intimidated by, you know, the people I'm hanging out with or keep up with anybody or get into bad habits just to stay in touch with them and didn't have time for any of that. So yeah that's awesome so did you find it a struggle to kind of like i didn't find it a struggle i just found a lot of people wanted to hang out with me all like go out and drink i'd get invited to parties all the time i never went i just didn't need to get into that kind of trouble and i didn't need to be pimped out and people to be like ben fari's coming over let's go meet up with ben fari or whatever i i always would go out with my friends we'd get shit faced (laughs) we'd have a great time we'd end up back at my place they, you know, they take cabs home or whatever, or, you know, you know, nightlife can get, I'm sure you've seen some movies. I never got into any hard drugs or anything, but you know, we had some fun chasing, uh, chase, chasing chicas down Richmond row, at least. <laughs> Richmond so. row. Dude, I remember you had like a, you had a really close friend group, especially in like a high school you, you held on to. Right? Yeah. I'm still in touch with, uh, I ended up settling in like with people I just felt the most comfortable with. And I had a lot in common 
as far as, you know, not, like I said, not trying to keep up. I, I played a lot of hockey. I was a good hockey player. The hockey kids were friends with the jocks, you know, the soccer kids, the football kids. I knew them all by name. We were all great. I just would eventually feel like at the tables and lunch or whatever, it's like becomes a competition. And these guys are 50 pounds heavier than me. And, you know, I'm intimidated by that. I'm intimidated by the fact that they're older. I'm intimidated by the fact that they're more popular. Every lunch, it's like, there'd be like arguments or, you know, people are trying to keep up with one another. And it's like, I didn't want to feel that uncomfortable. So I ended up becoming very good friends with uh, Eric MacArthur and Rob Agar and those guys. And right. And my friends eventually, like my best friends, my age, like, you know, David Pundaki, Daniel Levine. Right. I had my hockey buddies, Neil Shipley, Dimitri Makrakos, a lot of Jack Chambers guys that I, I grew up playing hockey with and met their friends, you know, at road hockey games on weekends or, or pool parties. I'd end up hanging out with them. And yeah, I found the best thing was just to be with people that I was comfortable with and not have to compete with or anything. And Yeah, that's really awesome, man. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it comes with the anxiety thing and stuff. Yeah, it's really noble too. Like it's uh I don't mean it to be noble or anything. I just when I say noble, I mean like like to that you pursued you, you I guess you had always this option in front of you to like let's say use Yeah uh, you know what you had you ba- but you basically wanted to, you know, you, you, you wanted to be genuine, you wanted to be real. To me, it just sounds like you figured out what was important to you very early on and then acted on that really early on. Just genuine, you know, caring about friends who are real friends. I mean, what teenager has the kind of self-awareness or just you know i don't think that's necessarily that common i think maybe that's what the noble is it's kind of commendable yeah, it's it's admirable. admirable to be like that and to not kind of fall into like oh these people mm-hmm. like me i don't care why you know which could happen if like if people are impressed by your name i mean i agree like i think it's mm-hmm. much better to have real friends but like some people wouldn't they would just be like well this is an mm-hmm. easy way to make friends whatever kinds of friends they are so i mean good good for you i think that's impressive and it's smart because that's how you make friends that'll last through you know, the tough times. Yeah. Not that I haven't fallen out with some of them and I've kept in touch mm-hmm. with all sorts of kinds of people from high school. And, That's normal. Yeah. Though. Yeah. You know, I play hockey and soccer to this day with a lot of, yeah. I would say the jocks from back then and <laughs> they've turned into really good people. Not that they're not, they weren't good people back then, but yeah. I've stayed in touch with the people I enjoyed being around then and I still enjoy being around them today. So good no, that's yeah. really uh, that's awesome yeah and i we didn't actually uh just to take a step back i uh, we didn't get to hear what uh did i we, not kind of oh i feel like i sprinkled, sprinkled it in, in yeah. but i didn't really like okay <laughs> so yeah no i remember like i mean i remember you being quiet i remember you being kind of again i know like maybe you didn't see yourself this way but yeah you were one of like the cool guys i think sometimes maybe quietness can be seen as coolness i'm not sure like but yeah i mean you were super nice you were like nice quiet guy nobody had anything any issues with you whereas you know a lot of us were kind of at each other's throats but you were just always like an- yeah we all had there's all moments i'm sure with everybody it was such a small group but yeah. at the end of the day we were a family right we were, yeah i think we had really great teachers i think your mom was a big a big reason for you know us being so tight-knit too and mm-hmm. all the teachers there i mean more janet and mrs delaney nava what do you think of Mrs. Delaney? Yeah, what do you think of Mrs. Delaney? We've talked about Mrs. Oh, Delaney. We've talked about her a little bit. What are your thoughts? <laughs> you know, now looking back, no pressure. Yeah. Knowing the things I knew, it's just funny. Like I, I st- we still go and we hang out with the Pundakis, and when when she was still alive and teaching, I remember like we go for a Passover dinner or whatever at the Pundakis, and like Annabelle would have Mrs. Delaney. Or my brother would 
I think he was still in grade one or kindergarten at the time and Mrs. Delaney mm-hmm. was still around maybe and I was like Mrs. Delaney and everyone in the room's like oh Mrs. Delaney <laughs> it's like she was the nicest woman the nicest lady when she was on but I, I know now we all know she had some health issues for a long time and and now kind of for my own health issues and how stressful it can be and all the ripple effects of it I mean I can understand now oh. why she would you know snap on us the odd time and I was scared shitless ever I, I we all but were she was the, oh. but, but then <laughs> she gave us three hour recess in the middle of June and she'd come up that's true and I like she'd love us all and it was awesome but I remember I one of my worst memories is there's a math question. We had to do math homework and everyone got everything right. And I got held in for like three recesses because I still didn't get this one question right. And I go home and I'm like crying to my mom and my dad. I'm like, she wouldn't let me out for recess because I got this question wrong. And I'm sitting there all night trying to figure out this question. And I didn't change my answer at all. Maybe I got stuck out playing road hockey or whatever after school. I go into the school the next day, didn't change my answer, and she marked it right. And I'm <gasps> just like, what the hell is going on here? Oh, my God. Oh. That's going to stay with Like some uh, Mossad Secret Service tactics on me or something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Break us down into... Maybe. She was I don't know. really scary. Yeah. I remember we were we were afraid to ask her like oh, clarifying questions because she would just yell yeah. at like are you, yeah. what are you stupid like it's this and this and this i was like oh my god just out of nowhere she'd snap right yeah and she could really really brought about i think insecurity in a, in a bunch of us because of the way she could for be for sure and i i don't know if i brought this story up before i don't know if you remember this too ben either i think i probably had this the worst but it happened to other people as well do you remember when we get ready for recess and it was snowing outside and we'd all have to get she would like time us like we had to get our clothes on I remember. Uh, our, yeah, our snow stuff on. And I, for some reason, was always the last one. I was always taking forever. I couldn't get my snow pants on. I had these like. I remember snow- that too. Yeah, I had these like <laughs> snow pants I couldn't get on. And she'd stand there and she's like, You better get out of here in like, oh, she's 10, like a, nine, eight. And she's she, like, A drill sergeant. Yeah. And she, yeah. but the worst thing is, yeah. I wouldn't get it done in time. And then she would kick me out anyway. And I would have like half a s- snow pant on. And I'd be outside, like, like my feet, like, you know, without boots on, like trying to uh, get my stuff on in the snow still. And it was terrifying every single time. I know. I remember she, like, on her good days, she, there was no one nicer, no one I would yeah. rather have been yeah, in charge of recess, our teacher. She introduced me to us all to Harry Potter. Yeah, we would true. Read. yeah. True. we yeah. all loved her reading Harry Potter. The way she would hold the book open is to this day the way I still hold my books open with her long fingers. Like she'd kind of like, yeah. I don't know if this is proper for the, I don't know. She put her middle finger in between the book and like hold the book yeah. open like this and read to us. Yeah. She stretched them for out. like 40 minutes before. Class. But yeah, you know, I think I, I wouldn't have changed it. I mean, I know she, she was a big reason for a lot of my childhood anxieties. I think I was, yeah. I'd like wake up and I'd go under my covers in my bed and I'd breathe hot air onto my forehead and I'd be like, I can't go into school. I'm sick. And I was like yeah. scared of her. But I think today with the way society's changed and gotten so soft, like kids today, like need people like that in their lives. Otherwise they're not going to be prepared. I mean, too much soft love is not trauma, good. Though? not the I trauma she, i agree a little she, bit but she was to a, a certain degree to a certain degree i mean <laughs> to a cer- I, she really i mean if i had a kid and 
they were treated they were thrown out without yeah their yeah, shoes yeah. on or I, like I get that. made to cry about like a question that they actually got right but I she's just that. crazy or like she called kids stupid i would i mean i know the I things know, that it does to people i understand <laughs> I, I know I what you mean like I, like I agree that discipline is important yeah. but like at that age it and it traumatizes us to the extent that we'll never <laughs> We never get over it, but I don't know. I, I, I've sent some like horrible things about Mrs. Delaney and, and you're right. She does have a lovely side as well. She did have a lovely side. Can I say though, Ben, I really appreciate like the way you went up because you, you came right from a place of empathy. You immediately went yeah. to like, I, like, I wonder, you know, I've dealt with anxiety and it's caused me to feel a certain way. I wonder if our teacher who treated us a certain way also was dealing and her with health issues. And her There's health no issues. doubt about it. I- yeah, she I had health that. issues and came yeah. out later and, and we were too young to know and she might have maybe even kept it a secret from a lot of people maybe people didn't Probably. people didn't know very possible she was an old lady too and and at the end of the day and i talk like i don't want to get too personal but i talked to elsa about some people's you know grandparents i had my saba he was he was a mean guy until the last 10 years of his life where he kind of unloaded his work and his business and he got less stress and he could have more time for his kids and his grandkids and you know like a switch turned on him where he could focus on things that were more positive and people at that age we will never know until we're that age it's, it's i bet you it's going to be very easy to be miserable when we're 65 70 years old and we have knee problems we have you know bowel problems we have all these health issues and we have to go in and look after kids or whatever it's not easy yeah. not not that i'm saying maybe she shouldn't have gone into that line of work but i think she shouldn't have gone into that line of work <laughs> yeah maybe not it's very easy to be miserable every day at, at an old age i'm sure so yeah. and i know she had we found out later she on that crohn's, she had yeah she had crohn's colitis. disease and stuff and i'm sure yeah. that triggered a lot of her miserableness right yeah. i appreciate your empathy man that's all i can say yeah. like your emp- we, we talk about this a lot here like i and i just i really think that that empathy is everything the it yeah. says a lot about you as well that you immediately that's that's where your mind goes to try to figure out what that reason could be you know the idea that maybe we're all even even mrs delaney's a lot more like us than she's not yeah yeah i think like it's something i wrote like like i don't know how i can show it to you guys but i wanted to touch on some of the things yeah i mean self self self-care i mean i've always had the ability to step back um beyond the ability to step back and look at your own life is is the ability to step back and it comes from a movie standpoint. I think Josh, you can understand as a director, I've always had the ability to kind of, I don't know if it's just a creative crazy, call me crazy or an absolute lunatic, but I've been able to be in a room and I'll pull myself out of my seat and look at every kid in the room or every person in the room and kind of try to understand them all in that exact moment and try. I I don't know if it comes from hockey and my ability to, my dad always taught me chess and be able to see 10 moves ahead of everyone and to look at the whole board and instead of just one move at a time, one person at a time, or just yourself. And I mean, self-awareness is one thing, but the ability to be aware for everybody, yeah, I think is something I've always thought of. I think it's spiritual part of self-care and maybe psychological too. I wonder because it makes sense that you kind of saw everybody like that, especially because you sound like you have a lot of really vivid memories, even just the way that Mrs. Delaney described the finger or remembering like Mm -hmm. what was happening to Josh. And I wonder if like self-care maybe was particularly important or something that was lacking for you before, because you're so used to being aware of everyone else that it's probably hard for you to be aware of what you need. When you're like kind of that centered could on could be something maybe you might be onto something I, I 
Wonder. You know, I'm still learning about myself and every day I learn more things about my own father working next to him and yeah. getting, I'm understanding him more and more as the, you know, the years go on. And I mean, at the end of the day, like I said earlier, there's physical self-care, emotional, psychological, and spiritual. I think the emotional, psychological, and spiritual can all be kind of in the same thing. It's all in the mind, but mm. I think, and to touch back on Mrs. Delaney and her health issues and, and to kind of touch back on, you know, my party life. And I told Josh this, I had such a wake up call when I was like 24, 25, I woke up one day and my whole eyebrow was just gone. And I'm like, what, what's going on? Oh, and then two days later, my mustache, like two parts of my mustache fell out. Oh. And then the next week, a part of my beard. And then the next week, parts of my arm hairs and that was the height of my anxiety like you guys call me a pretty boy and all this stuff and I tried to Josh, always Josh said that yeah Josh <laughs> I never saw myself like that but I always tried to project it especially in the office and you know at the bar and hanging out in social situations you know I remember when I first discovered girls I didn't I didn't think I was good looking I thought I had too big of a nose I thought my eyebrows were too bushy so I remember you know, my first dance was with these girls from a hockey tournament that I met in Glencoe. And I would like, I would like make, like practice for the mirror to lift my eyebrows because I thought I looked better. Yeah. But anyway, so I lose my eyebrow and then my beard falls out. My, not, not that it's a big issue, but the chest hair and it was the facial stuff that really freaked me out. And I couldn't go to the office for like two, three days. I'm like, dad, like I can't come to the office. He's like, what's wrong with you? I like, come, come now. I need your help. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Dad, I'm not going to be able to be successful in the office environment without my eyebrow. And then like, I, I got to a point where I went to shoppers. I got like a girly, you know, brush and I would paint on my eyebrow yeah. and I would spend. This was at the height of me drinking. It was at the height of me partying. Not that I was doing drugs, but I was drinking. My priorities weren't so straight. I wasn't getting the right amount of sleep. I wasn't, you know, dr drinking enough water every day. I was dehydrated from all the alcohol. I was drinking three, four nights a week, you know, chasing tail and going having fun with my friends and, and meeting, you know, new people and kind of, I, I, I never did it in high school or university. It was after, right. um, you know, I, I'd spend my paycheck in two weekends just drinking and having fun and trying to, I don't know if I had it all pent up in my system, but it was taking its toll. I was eating Tim Hortons every day. I was eating Stobie's pizza every day. Not that I want to say there's anything wrong with those places, oh, but, every but day. Oh, Stobie's mixing, pizza. I remember. mixing it in <laughs> with, you know, the alcohol, the lack of water, you know, no, no, my diet was just trash. Anyway, I went to a doctor. Doctor said, shave your other eyebrow. Don't worry. It's just stress. It's going to grow back. Another doctor said, just shave your beard, shave your eyebrow, maybe take some medication. Maybe it'll come back. Go take some pills. I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I, I was spending so many hours going through it in my mind and, and on, on the internet. You know, they say don't look things up because the internet's going to tell you you're dying. <laughs> Every single time. Sometimes it helps a lot, though. I like looking stuff up, yeah. <laughs> Eventually, I found a book. I forget what it's called, but I found it on Amazon and I read it and it said, these are the things that it might be. I think it's the seven or the 11 things that's going to help your hair grow back. This is for people that are balding. It wasn't for alopecia, which is what eventually I would diagnose myself with. But, you know, it said, fix your sleep, fix your diet, get rid of alcohol, get rid of gluten, get rid of dairy, get rid of the, you know, the fillings in your teeth that might have lead in them. I went and did that. 
you know, get more exercise, get more fresh air, control your breathing. You know, it helps with all the stress and stuff. It's all, it's, it's all common sense things. And eventually I went to a naturopath. The one thing I, I regret doing was cutting it all out and changing everything at once. I wish I kind of would do a step-by-step to see exactly what it was that was triggering the hair loss. I think it was just the diet and the drinking mixed with the stress at work. And, you know, my, my father kind of stresses me out for time time, but the naturopath said, yeah, change your diet, get rid of gluten, don't eat fast food, eat more like salads and fish. And I just started doing all that. And, And lo and behold, the hair stopped disappearing and it took about three, four years for it to all grow back, but it all grew back. And I'm trying, you know, I'm eating fast food again. I'm drinking for the odd time. I've noticed, you know, some things that I eat, it upsets my bowels. And when that happens, I can notice kind of a spot kind of show up on my body. And I've noticed more people have alopecia than they even realize. I've probably talked to a hundred people in the last five, six years. I'm like, I don't want to be an ass, but I notice you have a spot missing from your beard, or I notice you have a spot missing from your arm or your head. You should try cutting out alcohol, drink more water, eat more leafy greens, get more exercise, try and control your sleep. Like I've tried to be helpful. And I I told Josh I'm on Reddit and there's a huge group of people on Reddit, like freaking out. It's all over the internet. And I see all these people and I feel so bad for them. And people are like, I'd rather lose all my hair than stop drinking. I'm like, okay, well, so well, enjoy (laughs) it. (laughs) Enjoy losing all your hair. This is what happened. This is what I did. And it helped me. Yeah. And I have still to this day, I have one of the most popular posts on the alopecia areata subreddit and people are still messaging me to this day. And I'm like, this is the book. Give it a read. Maybe try some of these things. Like I'm not trying to be aggressive, but it's common sense. You're helping. Yeah, that's nice. I was beating myself up like internally. The physical self-care wasn't there. My diet, I wasn't respecting my body and it was taking a toll on my mind. And just like Mrs. Delaney, maybe she had all these health issues and physically she might've been struggling and it for sure led to a ripple effect of her mind. And then to an extreme degree, she would take it out on us in certain days. But at the end of the day, there were no healthy habits there. Uh, So I had to totally reprogram my body. And as I did so, I had way more energy and I got my, you know, self-respect and appreciation back and I... I stopped biting my nails. I stopped chewing the inside of my mouth. I stopped picking my nose. I stopped cracking my knuckles. Like I, I, I picked those bad habits up again, but at least the hair's not falling out and I'm balanced everything in my life on a physical front and a mental. But yeah, it's just important for everybody out there to have the ability to step back and it's, it's not too hard. You just, you got to step back and evaluate yourself and give yourself the ability to care about yourself in a way where if you have negative you know, habits or you're, you're feeling anxious, it's not hard to kind of slowly pinpoint them and, and make those changes. It's never too late. And uh, yeah, I don't like to talk about other people, but I know Pierce a couple of years ago, he was struggling with some things and I told him, you know what, like he's a very anxious kid and not that he's a kid anymore. He's a, he's a grown man, but <laughs> my advice to him, and I told Josh this and it's to do with self care. I think social, like being social is a part of the physical, it's spiritual as yeah. well and mental yeah. and sure. emotional and having that balance and being able to be social and have the interactions with real, like other humans. And before I got the alopecia, I mean, I became a yes man. I was just like things I was anxious and uncomfortable to do. I would say, you know what? If somebody wants to go hang out or do this or go do that, I'm not going to be lazy. I'm going to say, yes, let's go do it. And I told Pierce to do that. And I think he was having some success with it. And he was meeting a lot of people. And I think he kind of was in a bit of a funk. But Can I just say, Ben, this is really a... I actually find this really inspiring and and that's actually like a really great story because as I'm listening to you, 
I'm thinking, I feel like I've personally struggled with some of the stuff you've said. Like I, I'm actually, when it comes to like socially, even emotionally, I think I'm, I'm actually okay in that regard. Some people, I know they struggle with some of those things. I'm in okay there, but the other stuff, like treating my body well and taking care of myself physically, especially, mm-hmm. I realized I've done a very poor job of that in the past few years. And, you know, when you're younger, you can do whatever to your body. It's like, whatever, <laughs> you know, it doesn't, you just, you just take it, you sleep it off, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And then as you get older, you start to realize everything starts to take its toll. Yeah. Now I realize if I eat this terrible thing, I feel bad right after for this amount of time. A hundred percent. You will get this spot on your neck or you will get this like rash or something, right? Exactly. You know, whether it's an allergy or whether it's stress or whether it's grease, whatever it is, you know, I had to, um, when I did that clinical trial that I told you about the, you know, for money, the last couple of weeks, we all had to eat the exact same food on a specific schedule. And for some reason they chose it's this place called Farmer Boys, which is this, it's basically a burger place. It's all like greasy food. And we had to eat this greasy food for two weeks straight for every single meal. And I just felt terrible, mm-hmm. you know, very shortly after. And it was like making me lethargic. And then that was 100%. affecting me mentally. 100%. And yeah. And everything you're saying here is, is immediately making me think like, I need to change a lot of things with what I intake and the way that I move to be able to help myself mentally, because now where I thought I was doing well, emotionally and mentally, it's not normal. That stuff starts to affect me. Yeah. 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 I think just, I want to let's hear what I have to say, but to touch on it, I grew up for like 23 years. A large majority of those days in those years was eating McDonald's, Mm -hmm. eating Tim Hortons, eating Wendy's, eating Subway. And you grow up thinking it's normal to feel a pit in your stomach. It's normal to feel energyless or lack of energy or whatever the heck the word is. And then you make this change when like I did it. Luckily, my hair started falling out. Fortunately or unfortunately, my body was saying more or less like smarten up. I probably had like a liver issue or a stomach issue issue or a colon issue who knows like i didn't go that far but my body was failing like i was losing hair randomly really in an unhealthy manner and you make this change and it's like wow for like a month two months it's hard to get into the rhythm but after a week or two of cutting out fast food your body stops craving it you start drinking juices you start eating salads and salmon and healthy foods your body's like thanking you when you start eating it you start craving the healthy stuff and for like 25 years my body didn't know that it could feel that good and my mind didn't know it could feel that clear and my energy levels didn't know they could go to the heights that they did during those times now mind you i've regressed a little bit back but it was good to know it And I think it's a huge issue with North America uh, on a societal front. Mm. We're going to a point where everyone's going to be diabetic. It comes, I think, in the spiritual section of my self-care to go along with the physical is the ability to travel the world and see how other cultures and other people are living their lives. You go to Europe, there's not many certain places in Europe. The ingredients of the food is all natural. People are skinny. People are walking everywhere. There's no obesity over there. If you order a large drink in Paris... It's a small drink here. Yeah. 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 The, the and, drinks and, are ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all enjoying their lives and living their lives. You go to Israel, everyone's like, it's just a different mentality. Here in North America, it's like a rat race. And if you don't have the ability to kind of step out a little bit and evaluate where you are in that rat race and to kind of acknowledge the fact that you can 
the world's not going to end if you take a two-week vacation or whatever. Like some people don't have the ability to do it, but it's very important to find those balances in life to be able to see how other cultures live and to get out of, you know, the, uh, the basement that is, you know, our kind of uh, sheltered lives here in North America, where we were kind of almost brainwashed with, you know, the reality TV, the sports to kind of take our minds off of how just depressing working nine hours a day, five days a week, like that's just not normal. I've learned that and I've, I've come to the realization and just, you got to find the right balances in life, like work hard in your thirties. So you can be set up for success in your forties. And then, I mean, the goal is to retire in the fifties and enjoy the last 30 years of your life. Not everyone can do it, but it's very easy to set your self care up for failure here in North America with what we're surrounded by. Yeah. Everybody's working nine hours a day. There's very little interaction with family. You grow up, you have to, you know, take care of yourself financially. You don't have time for friends. You don't have time to, I mean, hopefully everyone has the time for a little bit of balance with friendship, social, you know, exercise, recreational sports, health, and, you know. So I really relate it to like, especially on having like a physical manifestation that tells you that there's something wrong internally. So like, I relate a lot to that. I mean, you saying you were losing little bits of your hair on your face. I actually had, so, I mean, a bunch of stuff was happening. I I had just moved. I had, it was like a course defense. It was a very stressful exam for me because it was also kind of a performancey type thing. All these stressful things happening at once. And at the same time, Partly because I was going through those stressful things, I was also, you know, out with friends until maybe like 3 or 4 a.m. Like these were my grad school friends and not sleeping well and not eating well because at 4 a.m. What do you eat? You eat the stuff Mm. that's open, which is fast food, pizza, like all of that stuff, which I love eating. And I've always I have a soft spot in my heart for fast food because it's just it's so delicious. But (laughs) I woke up uh, like there was. I don't know if it was one morning, but I just, it was almost like my face was swollen, but like I had these bumps that kept appearing on my skin. So I had like multiple and it was just, my skin had just was like, you need to stop this. And I didn't know what it was. And I thought like, this is a medical issue. And it's ultimately what I've learned is that it was stress slash, Mm -hmm. you know, all of those things. I mean, it's not, it's not any one thing. It's almost like a domino effect one thing is off, you know, you're really stressed or something, and then you're not eating well, and then you're not sleeping well, and then all of those things fall together, and you're, you're not doing well internally, and mm-hmm. it shows up Projects. externally. Yeah. And thankfully, because it tells you that you need to do something and that something needs to change. Mm-hmm. But it's a horrible thing to it's go through. Scary, yeah. It's so scary. Yeah, you know, you don't people were asking me, like, are you okay? Like, what's um, you know, what's with the bumps on the face? I had some people just ask me, I'm like, Oh, great. Thanks for asking. Yeah, people would um, joke like you, you forgot to shave or like you shave too much of your beard or your yeah. mustache or whatever. Right? Yeah. Hmm. And it's yeah. like affecting your social. It's like you have to of explain course. to people. I didn't want to go outside. Yeah. And there's no amount of makeup that could cover it. Like, yeah. I developed like an issue where I couldn't make eye contact with people for like three, four years. Like uh. it was brutal. Mm. And, and yeah. I don't think they even noticed because I would paint it on. I went to a dermatologist. The yeah. stuff on my face, a couple shots of steroid injections a week later would be yeah. growing back. But that's that when I, you know, before I'd get that stuff done, it's like I can't look at myself in the mirror. No one can look at me. Yeah. Like, how are people going to look at me? Like they're going to take two looks, double take. And it's like, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. I remember that very well. Like I wanted to hide behind my, at least I I still had glasses at the time. So I could hide like some of the bumps, but I just, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be outside. I didn't want people looking at me. I thought that's the only thing they're thinking about. And then they'd ask me about it. I'd be like, so it's definitely the only thing you're thinking about because you're, (laughs) you're asking me about it too. So yeah, it really affects you, especially when it's physical, but 
I mean, something that I, I learned when I was researching it all, and you might know it, or your brothers maybe, or maybe Simone, because they're you guys are all scientific geniuses. But well, I'm not. I didn't either. learn it in biology. I must have not been paying attention. But I read and I learned that every nine years, like your cells regenerate themselves and kind of out with the old and with the new. And I don't know if it's like a philosophical thought, but I mean, those nine years, you know, from grade seven to university, eating fast food every day, my organs are probably like on their last legs and, you know, my stomach and the lining and, you know, everything was probably just on its last legs. And then the alcohol at the end of that nine year cycle and the stress with work and the lack of sleep triggered. But I, I'm hopeful now that like those nine years are kind of gone and yeah. nine new years of giving my body a new chance, a new shot. It's something about nine year cycle of cells. Maybe it's mm -hmm. a different year, but luckily, you know, the body's kind of miraculous and it keeps giving us new chances. So I wonder if you're, I mean, you were just saying like, maybe it's a philosophical thought. You might find this interesting, but there's something called the ship of Theseus. It's Theseus, right? And it's like, the idea that if you replace every bit of a ship, is it still the same ship? Mm -hmm. And like, if you've replaced all your cells, which we eventually, maybe, I, I don't know. Again, I don't want to say anything because I also <laughs> do not know. I took humanities. I'm not a science person, but okay. maybe Josh can enlighten us. <laughs> but are, maybe you're a different person after the nine years in a way, right? You can look at it yeah, that way. That's interesting. You're I renewed, like that. right? Yeah. It's the positive side. That type of philosophy I like, Aya. <laughs> oh, well, thanks. Yeah. In all aspects of the self-care. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're physically, emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually matured into a different part of your life, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just weird on a physical sense of it. It's kind of all sections of that evolves into a brand new, mm -hmm. not brand new, it's an innovative version of you, right? Yeah. yeah. For better or for worse, some people end up on the negative side of it. I, I like to think I, I learned my lesson and I've definitely found balance, you know, with my diet and what you're saying about balance there is exactly it. And I think we make these mistakes or I say we, but it could be just me, but like we make these mistakes where we think that we can like let one of these things, these aspects of self-care go and it's okay. Like you can deal with that one. <laughs> like, oh, I've got it. I'm fine socially and I'm fine mentally. And I, I, there's, okay, I'll just let sleep go for a little bit. I can deal with a little lack of sleep, right? Mm -hmm. But you don't realize how everything's connected. Mm -hmm. and you start like fucking with one of these things and then it affects everything else like no. now now suddenly you're you're depressed and now you can't have yeah. a good social life and now you don't have a good social life you can't focus on your work you know i wrote this down and i started i looked at it after writing it all down in five minutes i looked at it and i started drawing lines from this side to that side to that side to this side you're, you're absolutely right it's all yeah interconnected yeah to certain degrees and i think it's also helped that from my point of view my parents are so polar opposite like i was saying my mom was she had her ups and downs growing up too like in raising us kind of she never really had a full-time job and she was always like had the time to be there for Shani and I and, and be there to volunteer for school stuff and you know for she's always there for hockey and all my stuff growing up and and then my dad is like he was there for all my sports and there to back me up and encourage me in sports and, you know, who'd get in fights with other parents and would always be <laughs> my strongest supporter in the heat of the moments and at yeah. the height of my memories and, you know, sports memories and stuff. But he was also so focused on his work almost to a point where, you know, it made me start asking questions to his family and it started making me wonder about his childhood and how he grew up mm. and he had a very rough childhood 
and the rough life in Israel kind of growing up to the point where he just ran away eventually. And like I've learned he's got some ADD almost on a extreme measure, certain respects. And he's just so focused on his passion, which is real estate and, you know, building this business and this empire and, and, and to show respect to his name and Fari and, and to make his father proud, which is all very admirable, but it's, he's got so much kind of tunnel vision. Myopic. Yeah. You know, he's working eight, nine hours a day at the office. He goes home. He's on the phone for five, six hours. He's not always there. Um, there's not a real balance. He's mm. teetering the exact opposite way of my mom, where I'd say, 95% of his life is his business and, you know, revolving around his business and not that he doesn't get vacations, not that he doesn't enjoy going to meet people out of town, in town. That's part of his social life. So it kind of interconnects in that way, but he hasn't had the ability to kind of step back and breathe. Maybe he's too afraid to do it because he doesn't want to let off the pedal because he's afraid people might catch up to him, you know, on a business point of view. And I've just being so close to him and, and then also being so close to my mom growing up, I've tried to find the right balances. And right. I don't know if I found the perfect balance, but you know, I'm still learning. I'm still got a lot of life ahead of me to kind of figure it out, but I've learned the importance definitely of a healthy diet. I think a lot of things trickle down from that sleep, energy, you know, traveling the right people in your social circle, the ability just to, to kind of alter your comfort levels and be able to try new things. Otherwise you're never going to grow. Not being afraid to fail. There's a lot of things. I mean, education's a big one. Well, unlike Josh and I, you have like a real adult person job. <laughs> yeah. And like people think so. People think so at least like has, was that kind of a hard decision? Cause I remember I ran into you once downtown when I was about to. It wasn't a decision. It wasn't a decision. Okay. Go on. Go, keep going though. Well, I don't know if you remember, I ran into you. It was on like, it must've been on Carling street. Cause I was, was going this when we both job. ran into you. you and no, that was a different, that different was a different time. That was recent when we <laughs> ran it. Well, recent, that was like two years ago. Yeah. We all ran into, we each, all bumped other, into like, each other. Yeah. And your dad there too. That was cool. Yeah. I remember running into you two another time though. I, I do remember. Yeah. So I'm, this was, I was, I remember I was going to my job. I was serving at Tamarin. I don't know if you remember that restaurant. So I was working there and I was on my way to work and I remember running into you and I was like, oh, it's Ben. And I think you had longer hair at that point. I feel mm -hmm. like you looked a bit more like, you know, not bohemian, but like, I don't know. You looked a little more free and, uh, <laughs> it was my hockey hair. Oh, okay. So you had your hockey hair and you were like, well, you know, I'm taking, I'm doing the the family business. And I, I don't know. I wondered like, you know, if that was what you had wanted to do, if that was kind of like, how'd you come to that kind of decision? Cause you still make, it's still a decision. Our parents like to tell us, it is. I know you and I both have like intense parents in some yeah. ways. Like Israel comes with Israeli <laughs> territory. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they tell you that this is what you're doing and you don't have a choice, but you always have a choice a little bit. Right. So you both have Israeli parents. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Parent, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, your dad's, yeah. It's definitely become more of a decision on my part over the last couple of years. But mm -hmm. I mean, from the get-go, you guys know my dad. Oh, yeah. I skipped kindergarten. He joked since day one, he's got to join the family business. There's no time to nap. Right. Right. And, you know, <laughs> there's no time for hockey anymore. And there's no time mm -hmm. for girls. And you're not allowed to go and party. You're not allowed to do this. Not allowed to do that. Eventually, mm -hmm. you know. I got all of that later in life and I grew my hair out and kind of rebel against what he had to say. And I took history classes in first year business to kind of piss him off. And like, it's not <laughs> exactly what I wanted at the time, but I would not have changed a thing. At the end of the day, I'm happy mm -hmm. I ended up with a business degree. You did it your way. You know, 
a little bit. I had a sprinkle of my way, but it was mostly his way. Okay. I ended up in the business. It wasn't always a fit. We weren't always getting along. You know, his dad fired him over and over again in Israel. Eventually, he told him to fuck off, and he, he ran away to Canada, kind of, never went back. And my mm-hmm. sabo was, you know, even when I was a little kid, my sabo was trying to bring my dad back to Israel. And at the end of the day, my sabo ended up enjoying it here in Canada. Way, like, he was such a happy person to be here. My dad took a lot of good care of him but in, in the later years. But, you know, my dad would fire me. You know, it started out once a month. Then it was he once fired every you? six months. What? Oh, Get the what? fuck out of the office. You know, you're fuck. Go fucking do whatever you want to do. You know, go become a history teacher. Go finish your history degree. <laughs> go to LA and be an actor. Whatever you want to do. Get the fuck <laughs> out of here. It, then it turned out to, you know, once every six months, once a year, once every two years. I think the last time he kind of told me to get out was a few months ago. But at the end of the day, it's my decision now to basically. I used to like leave and I wouldn't yeah. come back. It started. I, I didn't talk to him for six months. This is when the alopecia really hit. I was drinking instead. I was depressed. Like I was sleeping like during the day. I didn't get sunlight because I was awake at night partying. And maybe that was why my hair started falling out. I don't know. But so he fired me. It was a five, six month period. I didn't talk to him. Wow. Then I went back. Then he'd fire me a year later. And it'd be like, okay, two weeks. I take a two week break from going to work. And then I go back. And then I'm treating you guys like my shrink right now. But eventually it's like he tries to fire me. I'm like, I'm not leaving. Like. I'm, what do you want me to do today? Like, how can I help you today? Like, you're like, come on, we've done this, okay? We we've know. Done it too many you fire times. me, I go, whatever. We might not see eye to eye on things with the business yeah. or you know beyond the business, but at the end of the day, we love each other. We go home, we love each other. He knows I'm, I'm as loyal. You know, I'm his son. I'm. I've learned to be even more loyal than I ever thought I was. I always have his back, even if we don't agree. And I'm always just trying to look out for the greater good and the longer term vision of the business beyond just his life. You know, not that I'm trying to kill the guy. He thinks he always jokes. I'll be happy when he dies, but no, he's like the rock and the heart of our family since I was born. And I don't know what the hell would happen, you know, 60 years from now when he's 120 and finally passes away you know in his office chair but uh it's been my decision the last couple of years to just never I, i'm not abandoning him or the business and i'm always going to be there at least you know in whatever capacity to you know help where i can and there's a lot going on with our business lately and we've become a much bigger entity than i ever thought we would be and it's uh it's awesome a lot going on a lot going on so wow and you learned how to do all that just but also treating yourself with like, you realize you're better at doing and working there when you have taken care of yourself is what you're saying too, right? When you have that balance. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I mean, there's days where, you know, I don't want to go in. It's, you know, like every parent and child, there's days, I don't know about you, Josh. I know I with the Israeli factor. We, we have a different letter in the equation of our connections with our, our family a little bit. There's a little bit of a wild card there, depending on if they've ate, you know lunch at a certain time or whatever right or whatever yeah they're a little there's, there's a war a in israel volatile. and you know yeah. they're a little more volatile whatever yeah yeah this is accurate what do you do now like let's say that stress is coming on too hard let's say you feel like you need to you know like take what are your yourself. coping strategies yeah like what do you do to cope with that let's say when you have some shit do you have to get done for the business but you also have to take care of yourself. How do you find that balance now? And, and do you always find L- luckily, it? Luckily, I'm marrying a really incredible uh-huh. woman who oh. has a master's in counseling psychology. <laughs> <laughs> and she knows very well 
you know, what I deal with and, you know, on a psychological level and emotional, she always, always helping me out. She's very spiritual too. So she's always saging me, you know, little crosses with the Greek Orthodox, you know, and uh, she helps me out a lot. But again, to go back to the Israeli thing, my dad is a very strong personality and I've balanced myself out between him and my mom. I mean, around him, I'm more like my mom around my friends and, you know, other people, I try to be a little bit more like my dad with a, you know, a hint of my mom, you know, around Elsa, I try to be more like, you know, to, to my mom, it's a, it's a fine balance. It's weird. Right. It's I contextual kind of, a little. Yeah. I com- I'm like a chameleon a little bit, but around my dad and in the office setting, I kind mm. of am the laid back fari. Mm. You know, I've heard people say like, and to circle back, you know, I go out to the bars and I physically, I would have long hair and a long beard. So people wouldn't think I'm, a, you know, oh, that's a successful businessman, you know, Shmuel Fari and Ben Fari. And now it's like people come to the office and they're like, or I meet people at the golf course or whatever. They're like, holy shit, like you're Shmuel Fari, son? Like, no way. Like, you're too nice. Like, you're too laid back. <laughs> <laughs> you're too calm. And I've learned over the years to be calm and to not take everything my dad says too seriously and not to take it to heart. And it, it does from time to time really hurt some things when we get into heated arguments. But at the end of the day, like I said, we go back to work. We love each other. You know, the business and the family at the end of the day, I'm the oldest kid. I'm looking to take care of the longevity and sustainability of the business. And I'll tell my dad what I think when he needs to hear things that I know he's not going to like just to try. I know he goes home and he thinks about it and three days later agree with me or he won't tell me he agrees with me but he'll start saying things that i was saying a week ago that he told me mm-hmm. i'm an idiot he'll you know it's kind of You're the israeli mentality game. and yeah. Yeah. i think with the maturity and we've just figured out a way to kind of push things not under the carpet anymore like things build up and that's how the long periods of ignoring one another kind of comes i try to be the bigger person and i try to talk it out with him and uh it leads a lot of arguments because it's you know again the Israeli way but at the end of the day I'm not going anywhere and I try to be the calm one and the more laid back and there's not enough room for two so right. his strength is his personality and the way he gets things done in his own way and you know he's a financial genius and his work ethic and his passion for what he does is incredible and I'm not trying to change him anymore like I maybe I was trying to change him too much mm. I've learned that you know, I'm never going to change him and I don't ever want to change him because business needs him to be him and i'm still finding my way of you know how how i can help the business and yeah it sounds like you're not just finding balance in yourself but you're finding a balance between yourself and your father for example like you are a balance to him i try to be because you have different strengths like you say when you're doing something like this like you have to instead of trying to make somebody like you you see how you can you know, when you work together, you account for each other's weaknesses and strengths. That's what I've tried. I've tried to compliment him instead of be him. And sometimes, like I said, he's ADD and he's very stubborn. And sometimes he holds it against me, but I know he appreciates what I bring. I'm not going to try and be like him because if I try to be like him with him in the same office, Oof, no. we're just going to blow up. <laughs> There's just one of him. Every day. There's no <laughs> point, right? Maybe 20 years from now, when he's happily retired, I can step into that kind of persona. Not that I envision myself doing it. I, I, I have stepped into that shoe when he's on vacation from time to time. And I, I don't enjoy being it. And I don't think he enjoys being it. You can see his, his life and his self-care isn't all there. He's right. like, I don't want to put him down, but he could be a lot healthier. He could be a lot 
happier on a day-to-day hour-to-hour he allows himself to become too stressed out he just doesn't have the right balance from my point of view for him like i I wouldn't change him but i think he could have a little bit more of a balanced life and he just had a new baby i have a new baby brother and um the last time my 15 year old brother was born you could see him for a year or two He, he, he found the balance he found the time to be with he's finding the time now to be with my newborn baby brother ocean and Every morning, he's taking a couple hours to spend time with him and come to work a little bit more relaxed. And he always finds ways to get into the mood he wants to be in. But yeah. Do you find that you learn some of your the best ways to take care of yourself by looking at your parents sometimes and thinking like how they may not have done that as well as they could have? 100%. Like doing the opposite? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do the opposite. Not to do the opposite, but yeah, I guess in a way, like there's things I admire like 100%, no doubt in my mind, like I I wished I was like this, or I, I'm, I'm going to try and do this with my kids or replicate this virtue or whatever. But there's other times where I'm like, I'm never going to speak to my kid like that. Or, you know, I'm going to make more time for sure. It's like the dark side of the moon or whatever. There's uh, there's definitely things they do and, and don't do that. I, I try and put it all into an equation and put it in a basket and remember those things for later on in life. But who knows? Yeah. People always say they should learn from your mistakes. And I think that's important. But I think it's also important to learn from other people's mistakes. A hundred percent. Especially the people around you. Not just, And we all make mistakes, you know, and that's not a knock against the people we love who do. You know, I look at my parents and I'm like, hey, they have some things that they didn't take care of themselves very well, you know. Mm-hmm. And I look at that and I think, similar to you, my parents were like very different from each other. Almost like these two boundaries, these two like sides. And I could see one is like, one extreme to this side and another extreme to the other side. Mm -hmm. And you kind of find your balance between that a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. I really related to you when you said that. hundred percent. I think most people would probably, if they had the time to self-reflect, they'd summarize something like that. But can I just bathroom break? Like I'm having a lot of fun. I don't know how long you guys have, but I, I wouldn't mind one too. Yeah. Well, why don't we take the opportunity right now then to end part one of our episode on self care And hopefully everyone can join us for part two when we come back. Yeah. And I would do all the follow us, subscribe stuff, but I, I just, I really got to pee. I have to pee. As usual, Josh never has to pee.